0: I loved to escape into a TV show or another relationship or a couple too many glasses of wine, something like that. And I realized that that doesn't make the
1: pain go away. Be confident, be bold, be authentic, but don't forget to take action. This is Ordinary to Badass where our stories empower women to step into the spotlight of their own lives and pursue what they're truly passionate about. It's time to step into the arena and become more than just extraordinary. It's time to become a badass with your host, Marie Sonneman. Welcome.
2: To Ordinary to Badass, episode number 275. In this episode, you're going to hear from Junie Boucher. Junie is a nutritional therapy practitioner, certified meditation teacher, and breast cancer survivor who is passionate about helping people balance their hormones holistically so they can feel happy, happy, vibrant, and fulfilled. In this episode, Junie and I, we talk about health and how food is meant to be enjoyed, And we also talk about seeking pleasure and daydreaming and overcoming hardship. So stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss this episode. But first, I got to say, it's a new year. There are a lot of changes coming to ordinary to badass. And I've been spending a lot of time reflecting on it. So I'm excited to be talking to you guys about that going forward. But one small change this last probably year, maybe longer. Um, on this podcast, we've only been talking about things that were like health and finances and like meditation or self care, that kind of thing. But I'm gonna go back to expanding it. Let's be a little bit more expansive and go back to the roots of the show where we talk to all the badasses. All right, so there's definitely more changes coming and you will hear about that going forward, but I just wanted to give you that tidbit um, to chew on. If you love this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating interview. Every single time you do that, it helps this podcast and helps other badasses just like you to find the show. All right, with that, let's get to it. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass. Whether you're ordinary or badass, I am so glad you're here. Today's guest is Junie Boucher. Junie, thank you so much for being here. Excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. So before we go any further, I've got to ask you, do you consider yourself ordinary or badass?
0: Badass for sure. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I was actually thinking about this before we recorded and, um, you know, just saying it, there was that little voice that was like, who do you think you are? But you know what? That's, that's the thing about being a badass. It doesn't eliminate that voice. You just kind of say, <laughs> you're funny, you know, like you just have to move on and, and recognize that voice is probably always going to come up from time to time. And being a badass just means being like, that's interesting. Thanks for, thanks for mentioning it and <laughs> just moving on.
2: Yeah. And, you know, we've done about 250 episodes of this podcast, and I've never heard anybody say that. But I think that that's the reality. I think a lot of us go through that, that Mm -hmm. little like imposter syndrome or like, ooh, should I just claim it or own it? So I love that you brought that part of it up. So thank you for that. And the other thing is, yeah, no problem. Have you always felt like a badass or was it something that triggered that along the way or a series of steps?
0: You know, I will say growing up, I always, I did like to challenge myself, but I certainly didn't feel like a badass. That, that is a for sure. And I had kind of a specific event in my life that I think really turned things around for me. And that was being diagnosed with breast cancer when I was 41. So about three, three years ago, and I just going through an experience like that or any real crisis will cause you to look at your life and evaluate things and realize how precious life is. And I just stopped wanting to do things I didn't want to do. And I started reading a lot. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure using the term badass, you're probably familiar with Jen Sincero uh, and her badass books. And um, I love her. And just recognizing that badass was in my head and whether or not I wanted to take a chance on myself was a choice I could make. There was really nothing holding me back. I mean, I had to work to to change my life. And I completely overhauled changing my job, changing my you know, living situation, my relationships and the way that I dealt with my own feelings uh, and especially that imposter syndrome. Um, You know, I wasn't following my dreams because I thought, well, I need to do this, this and this. And, you know, here here I am now. I feel like I'm living. I would say there's there are places I want to go in my life that I'm not quite at, but I truly believe I'm going to get there because. I believe. And I think believing is really at the core of feeling and being a badass.
2: How do you start to believe?
0: Hmm, that's a great question. How did I start to believe? I think just recognizing what I wanted in life, doing a little bit of daydreaming, you know, what if I had no fear? What would I be doing? and then recognizing that fear is a choice if we you know fear is always going to be present but if we decide to to just move forward despite our fear that i think taking little steps being willing to be uncomfortable and doing that over and over again really when you start doing that A week later, three months later, six months later, five years later, you look back on these things that you thought you had no right to do and you've mastered them.
2: Oh, Tamirs, you heard it from Junie. If I had no fear, (laughs) what would I be doing? Ask yourself that question. I think it's so powerful. So I can't wait to dig in to hear more of your story. First, will you tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: I'm sorry, you're cutting out a little bit there. Or, what was the
2: question? Um, so will you tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Yeah, sure. So I am. I was born in California. I'm a West Coast girl, and I, um, yeah, I grew up loving anything artsy. I had two brothers. I was kind of a tomboy. I'm lucky that my parents let me do a lot of. A lot of activities and things. I had a, you know, a happy childhood. My parents got divorced. So I was kind of shuffling back and forth and, um, between houses. And that was a little bit lonely for me. <clears throat> you know, I, I had to, there were times in my life where I just didn't know people. Um, like if I'd go to my dad's house, I didn't, I didn't really have any friends because I was only there on the weekends. I wasn't going to school there and, and whatnot. So I started getting really into theater arts and singing. And that's a great thing in terms of cultivating your badassery because for a lot of people, it's terrifying to be on a stage. I think that's a big thing. And when you can walk into that kind of discomfort and feel the rush of performing arts or something like that, it's, it's a pretty infectious and addictive type of rush. And, um, had a pretty good experience in high school. I went to UC Santa Cruz and um, took for college and kind of just walked through life feeling pretty good, but definitely thinking, well, you know, I'm kind of, I'm not that shy, but I'm not the prettiest girl in the room. Um, I'm not I, i'm I'm fairly intelligent, but I'm not the smartest kid in the room. Just kind of always sort of putting myself in like second place. Um, and in the back of my head, uh, always feeling like there was something more out there for me and being willing to look at it and explore and 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 be a little bit afraid. And, uh, yeah, I had a great time in college, moved to Los angeles. i um, I was doing all sorts of <laughs> things out there. I did a little bit of voiceover work for a while. I was doing the acting thing for a while. And then I, um, met, uh, met somebody went to, we fell in love. We moved to Puerto Rico, which at the time of this recording, they're going through a lot right now. So I'm sending some love to Puerto Rico. Hopefully by the time this airs, things are, are much better. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we lived out there. We had a little restaurant that we were collaborating with another couple on. That was fun. Went through a really hard breakup with, with that relationship kind of things kind of fell apart on the day of our wedding, which was never fun. And, um, and then that's probably turned into one of the hardest times in my life. Um, Moving back to to California with an ex, a really broken heart, you know, uh, we're on good terms now, but it was just a very hard time, and I think that was the least badass I ever felt. <laughs> it was just extreme heartbreak, and um, and yeah, after that point, I kind of picked myself back up, got my life back up, back together, um, was doing well working a job, making good money in the legal industry. And uh, then a couple of years later, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, I found my cancer myself. I was lucky. I, I immediately got into the doctor and the process kind of went along quickly. Luckily it was caught early. Um, a lot of people don't realize with breast cancer that if for the most part, it's not genetics. It's, it's a lot of it can be lifestyle or environmental. And that's why it's super important to be checking, doing self exams, being familiar with your body. And that was another really tough time in my life. It was scary, very scary. But as I mentioned before, it was a time to really look and take stock at, what I was doing with my life, and was I truly happy? Was I really passionate about the things I was doing? And I don't know. I'm sure you've heard the phrase, "If it's not an if it's not a bleep yes, it's a no. And that was kind of how I evaluated my life. Was everything something I really wanted to be doing? And yeah, i I don't. I don't always want to clean my toilets. That that's something I I just have to do. <laughs> but in the bigger picture, was this job what I really wanted to do? It was a it was a decent job. I had I liked my bosses. I liked my coworkers, but it wasn't fulfilling my passion anymore. And uh, I had always been really interested in nutrition because I'd had some health problems growing up. With I had some. Uh, a common thing called Hashimoto's disease. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's, it's a really common thyroid, autoimmune thyroid disease. I was diagnosed with that when I was in high school. And that was something that I started to explore nutrition. And I was able to turn my autoimmune disease around by just changing my diet. And so when I was diagnosed with cancer, I really leaned into the nutrition thing. And again, it helped me get through that along with supportive front friends and family and a community. And I just decided that I wanted to pursue my passion again. And we go into lockdown in 2020 and I said, huh, this seems like the perfect time to, to go back to school. I was still working my full-time job, went back to school for nutrition and, uh, I, I really made a decision at that point to do what I wanted to do and, and be a badass about it. I kind of didn't give myself the option of giving up. And when you make that switch in your head of just, this is what I'm going to do. I mean, I when I look at it now, I'm like, how was I working a full-time job and starting a new business and going back to school? It It, it was a lot, but... It was, I was so inspired that I, you know, was able to do it. And uh, I worked both jobs for close to a year. And then it was my goal in 2022 to go full time with my nutrition practice. I did that. And I now feel like I'm living the exact life I want to be living um, for the most part, you know. And uh, I mean, everybody, is always, I think goals are always like a moving thing. Once you reach one goal, you, you hit another goal and yeah, I, I feel happier and healthier than I ever have, but it took a lot because I, I evaluated my, um, uh, my relationship. I was with an incredible person, but it just wasn't quite working anymore. And we tried really hard and for quite a while. And I finally had to say, I don't think this is right. I think both of us deserve to be really happy, which that can be tough too. You know, when you're, when you have a relationship that doesn't really have major problems and you like the other person, but just something in your heart doesn't, it just doesn't click. And, um, and I moved. So I moved from that relationship I moved where I was living from the Bay area to Los Angeles and eventually to Portland, Oregon. And, um, (laughs) and now I'm here. Um, I've I've gotten really into meditation, which I think is an incredible tool for badassery as well. And that's helped me with a lot of those thoughts that I've gotten throughout this journey of saying, you can't do that. Who do you think you are? Um, but what about this you know you have to worry or consider things but if you get caught in worry or you're constantly here or you're constantly in the past you're never going to really be able to be present in the in the moment and being present in the moment is is i think part of living a badass life for sure
2: yes there's so <laughs> much there that i want to dig into um First, let's talk about your relationship. Did you guys end up breaking mm-hmm. up on the day of the wedding, or did it? Did you get married and it happened later?
0: Well, yeah, I, I it was kind of one of those terrible <laughs> stories <laughs> that you hear. about. I mean, it, it probably the the day of the wedding was really, yeah, things things. Yeah, it was really the night of the wedding. I I ended up going um going home on my own, um. And that was tough. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to say that. Like um, I don't, there's always two people in a situation. Um, I don't know if I'll ever fully understand what was going on in my partner's head at that moment. I mean, we had been together for eight years, but yeah, it was something that on, you know, the night of our wedding was just, uh, he didn't want to. Yeah. He he didn't want to come home and he couldn't really tell me why. And then a couple of days later, there was, things just started falling apart. And, uh, that was, that was tough. Um, apparently there was some lies that I didn't know about, you know, that I I still don't know if I know the full truth about things, but you know, people, yeah, I think about with relationships and they fall apart I maybe should have seen some things that I didn't see or want to see. That's another, that's another hard part about life and being a badass. I think sometimes involves being honest with yourself when it's extremely uncomfortable or painful.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's hard too, and things kind of blindside you, like looking back, you might be able to see it, but then like in the moment it's like, you know, it kind of takes you off balance or takes you off kilter. Um, Mm -hmm. How did you bounce back from that?
0: Well, it it took time. I really had to sit with feelings, sit with my own. Uh, I, I was really hard on myself for kind of feeling foolish and just hurt and confused Um, I, I kind of crawled into a cocoon for a while and really tried to sit with my feelings, therapy, focused on work, focused on myself and, um, sitting with feelings I've learned is one of the hardest things (laughs) to do. And that's another way that I feel like meditation can be really helpful. Um, I I loved to escape into a TV show or another relationship or a couple too many glasses of wine, something like that. And I realized that that doesn't make the pain go away. It just delays the reaction. So I had to fumble around with how do I feel these feelings? And I don't think I did a super great job of it in the beginning, but with trying over and over again to, to work on that. And then slowly starting to see that, oh, okay. When I actually call a friend or journal, or instead of going out to the bar, taking a bath, um, doing some yoga, meditating and feeling these feelings, not necessarily understanding them, but feeling these feelings, you know, you wake up the next day, a little bit lighter um and then you start to see this is productive and that was a really that's been a really powerful journey for me that and i you know i'm i'm 45 now and i feel like it's it's took me a really really long time to get have the strength to do that but that's part of being a badass is is being free from your own denial And courageous enough to feel your feelings because it's tough.
2: Yeah. And I think that we're not necessarily taught as kids to feel our feelings. And I don't know that it's a bad, it's not like any bad intent by anybody, but it's like, oh, you're okay. You know, it it wasn't that bad. And we say these things to kids and forget, like, let them cry, let them feel how they're feeling.
0: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Like, yeah, don't cry. Oh, don't cry. Uh, I've been thinking about that. There are are so many different ways that we teach in our culture not to feel feelings. Right. And it's, you know, it's good intentioned, especially with a parent. You don't want to see, you don't, we don't like to see each other in pain. And we most definitely don't like to experience pain. (laughs) So (laughs) I think just recognizing pain is okay. Pain is just a call to grow or to learn that got a little bit loud.
2: <laughs> yes, I like that. <laughs> so earlier you mentioned this idea mm-hmm. of nutrition and how it helped mm-hmm. you with your autoimmune disease and also helped you with cancer. Can you talk about that? I think a lot of times we don't really associate how much our food and our lifestyle have to do with health issues or diseases we're facing.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. This see, and this is another thing that I feel like a lot of the time, unless you experience the power of it yourself, people don't necessarily get the bug to start eating well. And until we hit a certain age, we feel really invincible. And that to me was one of the gifts of cancer. Getting cancer at a a somewhat younger age was recognizing, oh, I'm not invincible. My my choices do have consequences. And so you know, though, if you think about a car, the, the type of fuel that you're putting in a car matters. If you just started dumping gutter water into the engine of your car, <laughs> it's, it's going to, your car is going to get ruined. If you, you have to fuel yourself. Well, there are, there are more clean ways to fuel. Our bodies are amazing. They can withstand a lot, but eventually they're going to stop working at their best if we're not fueling them properly. And the amazing thing about food is that there is a lot of healing power to food. And this isn't a woo-woo concept, it's just the truth. I think all of us know that eating well is important to good health. How to apply it doesn't necessarily come as easily and i think also that we're taught in our culture just like don't feel your feelings you're taught to sometimes suppress your feelings or amplify your feelings with food we, you know we use food in celebration it's it's sacred to us in so many different ways we use it to celebrate holidays but we also use it to commiserate with each other you know how many times is your girlfriend you're going through a a breakup, and maybe your friend is like, "I'm coming over with a bottle of wine and ice cream, you know, or whatever." Like we we use food in so many different emotional ways, and there, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's beautiful, it's a beautiful thing, and it's an intimate thing, and it's a loving thing to share food. But at the end of the day, food can push us in in different directions, health wise. If you're if you're not fueling yourself in a, in a good way. And I think a lot of what we've done as a culture is we've lost the connection with our, our mind and body. So we don't really know what our bodies need. And we don't take the time because we're rushing around so much to sit and say, huh, what do I really need right now? Because for the most part, I think most Americans could, or anybody in the world could, wake up in the morning, and if you really took the time to ground yourself, by the time you actually get hungry, if you don't wait till you're starving, you can you could say, okay, I feel like this. This would feel good in my body. And that's part of what I like to do in my nutrition practice. I don't like people to be on these restrictive diets. I don't like them to, to think that they can only eat salad with no dressing and they're going to be so bored of everything they eat like food is meant to be enjoyed and and healthy food can be super duper delicious and easy and simple but it's about cultivating this relationship with your body and ultimately figuring out how to slow down enough how to connect enough to make the next best choice and sometimes that next best choice is having cheesecake with your husband or your best friend at dinner, but sometimes it means, and, you know, maybe more so (laughs) means, okay, I can use some vegetables and um, a nice piece of fruit that's in season right now. And a a good piece of fish or chicken or, you know, a home cooked meal. I think if you, anybody who's had a home cooked meal, there's something really nourishing about that. Even if it isn't, quote unquote, like something you would look at and say, Ooh, that's super healthy. Just real food is, is very powerful and nourishing. And I mean, there are ways that you can prepare your body to heal. Like, let's say if you're going through a cancer diagnosis, if you're having surgery, there are ways you can eat so that you heal faster so that you have the strength uh, if you have an autoimmune disease like I did, there are things you can do to calm your body down so that it can repair. Because oftentimes with an autoimmune disease, it's there's something that you're eating that the body is, it's throwing your body off. Like autoimmune means that your body is attacking itself. And with a thyroid disease specifically, there are certain foods like gluten um, and sometimes dairy that the body... Is recognizing as thyroid tissue. And that's why it can attack the thyroid. And, you know, a lot of people don't believe that gluten, like gluten sensitivity, is a real thing. But I've seen it work in myself. I've seen it work in so many different clients and colleagues in the nutrition world that for the most part, it is highly accepted and uh, can really be a life changing thing it's not normal to feel tired all the time to have psoriasis or eczema um to to be bloated or have digestive problems <laughs> so food can food can actually help you feel badass
2: yeah and it's so interesting too because i think a lot of times like doctors aren't telling people this they're not telling mm-hmm. people that oh you have psoriasis or you have an autoimmune disease and you know, maybe your food could change this instead. It's often going towards medicine.
0: Yeah. And that's something I tell clients all the time too, is, Hey, you know, your doctor isn't trained in nutrition. They don't really get that training. It's ex- and it. Maybe it's an extremely limited amount of information that they get. Their training is in how to treat the body with, you know, pharmaceutical or more, um, you know, surgeries, different, different things like that. That's, that's how doctors work. And they're, they tend to be treating the symptoms as opposed to the root cause. So if you go to more of a, of someone who takes more of a holistic approach, um, where we're going to see, okay, instead of giving you this steroid, that's going to potentially suppress your, your body's immune system and help you get rid of some of the psoriasis, but not necessarily take care of, of what is actually causing the psoriasis. The analogy I like to use with that is if you're in a, again, I guess I'm using a lot of car analogies, but if you're in driving in the car and the check engine light comes on, are you going to take it to the mechanic and figure out what's going on? Are you just going to put a sticker over that light and keep driving until the car falls apart? And that's kind of, you know, I, I'm not against doctors by any means. I think that's an important thing, but, um, taking a holistic approach to your health, especially with things like autoimmune disease, you can change your health drastically. And yeah, it might be slightly uncomfortable for a little bit to eliminate certain foods from your diet, but it gets easier. And once you start seeing the results, you know, most people find it easy to never go back.
2: Right. And I, I imagine it's not just like physical change results. Those are one thing, but then like, once you see, start seeing like the mental clarity or how you're feeling or the energy you have, that can be a game changer as well.
0: Yeah. And the crazy thing about it is that, you know, your gut health, that's related a lot with you know there's a lot of neurotransmitter and mood things we're we're learning more and more about that relationship the gut brain connection so people with depression and anxiety, you know, if it's mild to moderate, they've actually been able to show that exercise and nutrition can be just as effective as medication for people in that situation. You know, if you're in a severe, you have severe anxiety or depression, there's no shame in using medication by any means, but you, there's so much that you can do without the side effects that you get from, those pharmaceuticals, and it'll affect every area of your life. You'll feel better in your body. You'll probably look better, think better. Um, Your mood can greatly improve. And I think that's such an exciting thing that we don't realize.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So one thing I'd like to go back to is you talked about the cheesecake, like how sometimes it's okay to indulge in the cheesecake, but- there's often, especially for women, there's this guilt that we get, or the shame for indulging and having the cheesecake or having the sweets. What do you tell your clients when they experience that?
0: Um, I tell people, you know, just like with meditation, you know, there, there are, you're making, you have thoughts. That's just a thought, you know, is that going to, is that going to help you? Is that going to help you move forward? Um, was it, did you enjoy yourself? I would probably ask you, you know, was it, was it enjoyable? Did, was that a pleasurable experience? How did that nourish you maybe on a different level? Was it, was it really, you know, when you go out with a friend and you have an amazing time and you've made this human connection, like that is nourishment in itself. But I do tell people, if you eat something that you know, doesn't make you feel great. One of the most important things to do that will help you make better choices in the future is just tuning into your body. So yeah, that probably tasted amazing in that moment. But then when you went home or, or maybe let's say you had it at lunch, did you get this really strong energy lull later? Did you, did you have a stomach ache the next day? Were you constipated? (laughs) You know, did you, did you have a foggy brain or, you know, like, Touching getting in touch with your body <clears throat> again, continue will foster for you because you know, cheesecake isn't necessarily gonna make you feel bad. Maybe your body digested that perfectly well. <clears throat> and there you go. But if you if you know in your heart of hearts that you just don't do well with dairy and you had a terrible stomach ache later or you know were, were constipated for two days and, and felt kind of off. There are def there are, you might make a different choice the next time if you if you really sit with those feelings. So I think everything is an opportunity to just learn more about yourself and inquiring if it was something that you ate in an emotional situation, or you felt like you noticed, huh, every time, I talk about my ex and that wedding day, I end up eating cheesecake, you know, that that's really interesting that that's something to look at too, you know, and be curious about it, not judgmental, just curious. And, and what does that give you? Is it worth it to you? Is that going to help you reach your goals? Maybe it will. Maybe your goal was to eat cheesecake, (laughs) but if your goal is something else, um, maybe that doesn't help you get closer to it
2: yeah, I think that food is so loaded, (laughs) like loaded with so many different emotions. And um, yeah, it's just a lot to deal with or a lot for people to navigate through. But, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. (laughs) I think it takes some time sometimes to kind of figure out what's right for your body and what's not.
0: Yeah, it's a a process. And it's never gonna end that's the thing is it's never gonna end you know we don't and that that's something I think surprises people sometimes is you know you you may find a, a a way of eating that really really works for you but we have seasons in our lives you know what what we ate in our in our maybe our teens isn't really gonna serve us necessarily in our 40s and um, what you ate in your 40s might have been not nearly enough for you as, as a, you know, a younger kid when you're, or if you were pregnant, you know, in a growing phase. So recognizing that life is a, that health is a lifelong journey. uh, And just, again, this, this sort of mindfulness, being curious uh, and cultivating this loving relationship with yourself, that's not about shame and uh, will help you continue to make loving choices, for yourself, and that to me is is the ultimate health journey, and what I try to bring to my clients is just because um, nobody wants to live a life of deprivation. But when you are when you are loving to yourself, you want to give yourself and your body what it needs to thrive and feel good.
2: So, what do you tell your patients that are diagnosed with cancer? Um, how can they heal their body through food? And then also how can they love their body again?
0: Mm -hmm. That's That's a really good question. You know, fueling your body through cancer can be really challenging because it's such a stressful time for people. Um, sometimes you don't want to eat because either you're stressed or maybe you feel nauseous because you're going through chemotherapy. It's, you know, that, that, There are different phases to that as well. Like in the first part of of a cancer journey, you're probably just in a lot of shock even before you start going through treatments. Just hearing those words, you have cancer. Nobody's prepared for that, I'm convinced. Even if you feel like you have this family history and you knew it was likely, you're just never prepared. So I help, you know, I tell my clients, we need to fuel your body for stress. And that oftentimes means just eating a very balanced nutrient dense diet. Um, a lot of people going through, if you're going through surgery, you need to give your body extra protein to heal. Also like a lots of nutrients, lots of fruits, lots of vegetables, um, healthy fats, good protein. And then if, as you go through chemotherapy or radiation, there are different diets and, or not diets. There are different foods that you might need to eat. You might need to accommodate mal- a lot of people going through chemo, get mouth sores. So, you know, you're not going to be able to eat the same foods then. So how do we create food that is going to be palatable for you? Sometimes it completely changes your taste buds. So when I work with clients, it's, it's a very customized approach. And we really look at, okay, how do we adjust to the situation that you're in? But at the end of the day, it's really, there's a lot that you can do with nutrition to set yourself up for better treatment outcomes and allow you to bounce back from treatment. Cause that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't realize either. Once cancer treatment ends, there's a long road, that, that people have to go through to start feeling good again. And specifically for breast cancer patients, if you lost a breast, if you lost your hair, if your hair was a part of your identity, like for me, I mean, I'm lucky I didn't have to go through chemo, but I've always had sort of this long, my hair is up right now, but I I've like really long hair. And it's one of those things that I, it makes me feel good about myself. And, you know, if you lose your hair and your eyebrows and your eyelashes, again, in our society for a lot of women, that's a big part of your identity. Uh, And so there are ways that you can, there are a lot of great organizations out there that help women feel a little bit better in their bodies. I actually work, um, So I have my own private practice, but here in Portland, I'm also a member of the Rose City Sexual Health Collective. So I provide holistic nutrition support and mindfulness techniques to clients that are working with therapists. And if you are going through cancer and you're trying to reclaim your body and you've lost a breast or you're having other gynecological issues that make, you know, are having a great impact on your sex life, because that's a big, a big thing that we don't talk about either. Um, there, there are resources out there to help you find yourself again, help you explore other realms of your, of your love life or your sexuality. You know, it doesn't have to be with another partner. It can just be with you. How do you feel good in your body again? And that's, that's a very personal journey, but there are people out there like myself who, who can help, uh, because it's important to feel good, especially when you feel like you got a a new lease on life. Um, a lot of breast cancer patients have to go on hormone blocking medications that can really affect your drive and, uh, can be very frustrating when you feel like, wow, cancer took this, 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 and now it's taking my relationship or, you know, or just my relationship with myself. And, um, so that's a journey, but it's, it's not something that you have to live with.
2: So what is one thing that a woman can do? Um, maybe she has a lower sex drive or things changed after she was
0: diagnosed with cancer. What's one thing she could do? Sure. Um, so if you are in a, in a little bit of your question cut off, but I think you're you're asking what's one thing a woman can do who has low sex drive. Yeah. So one of the, the first steps I can have a specific protocol I use is to balance your blood sugar. Uh, and balancing your blood sugar, because un- when you're on a sugar roller coaster, you are your energy is fluctuating. Your sleep might be affected. You are keeping your body in a in a state of stress if you're on a blood sugar roller coaster. So making sure that you're eating a balanced meal, not eating, trying to avoid simple carbohydrates like candy, cakes, and cookies and stuff. Or if you and if you are going to eat carbohydrates, going for more complex carbohydrates and pairing them with protein and fat, like eating balanced meals is, is important. That's a really from just a nutritional perspective. That's where we start. Also, are you sleeping? That is so key. And I know a lot of, you know, young moms or not even young moms, just moms in general, they're kind of like, yeah, I became a mom. I don't, (laughs) <laughs> you know, you become a mom as opposed to a woman, maybe with your partner. Uh, and sleep is so huge in that anybody sleep is such a basic need. So working on sleep, working on blood sugar, that's really where you start. And as your energy comes up, you can start, well, this is more than one tip, but you can start inviting more just pleasure into your life. You know, are you taking time during your day to actually do something that you enjoy, even if it's just stopping for a moment, noticing like in Portland, there's so many roses and they smell beautiful. And I make a point on my walks when I'm taking my dog out, if I see a really nice rose, I just, I take that five seconds and I smell it. And in that moment, I I've invited pleasure into my life.
2: Yes. I know. I think it's underestimated how you have to be intentional really about finding pleasure, finding joy, seeking those things out. Let's end with a tip to encourage women who are in the arena fighting for the life that they want.
0: Okay. I would say, just remember, I think one of the themes of this is just remembering the voices that tell you you can't do this or you have no right to, or you should probably think about A, B, and C. They're always going to be there. They're going to pop up and you have a choice whether or not you want to listen to them. And you can get curious about them. You don't have to shame that voice or yell at that voice. Just you can acknowledge that voice and you can let that voice go and you can go ahead and do the thing. So I think that's, that would be my top tip is do the thing in spite of yourself that that's the step, the pathway to bad, badassery.
2: (laughs) And how can we connect with you?
0: I love connecting with people. I'm on Instagram. Uh, My, my account is at Junie B. Well, J U N I, the letter B W E L L. I, I do a lot of like nutrition stuff. I talk a lot about Um, breast cancer, hormone balance. And, um, I also have a podcast it's called Tata cancer, and it is for mainly focused on women who were diagnosed a little bit younger. Um, cause there's different issues that come up. You can find that on any podcast, Bewell.com, And you can, um, there's a little contact form. If you want to email me just to say, hi, I always love hearing from people or I offer a free consult. I've got uh, several freebies there and one freebie your audience might be interested in is uh, I will have a, a free download. It's called a self-love dance party playlist. And so for those moments when you want to do, maybe you want to do some chores around the house or go for a workout or just hang out with your friends and have a little dance party. This is a song, a playlist full of songs that will pump you up because they're all about being a badass and, and, and self-love. And they're all like those songs that you can't not, not get up and move to or feel positive. So if you need to just sort of pump it up a little bit, that's on, um, that's on my website and I'll also make sure to send you the link.
2: Perfect. And will you say your website name again? Because it cut out for a second.
0: Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's com. So J-U-N-I, Perfect. the letter dot com. Okay.
2: Thank you so much, Junie. You've been a total badass and have enjoyed hearing your story.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having
2: me. And with that, we'll end our show. To all the badass women out there staying in the arena, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, own it and get after it. Now let's get into the five takeaways from the episode. Number one, decide to move forward despite your fear. Take little steps and be willing to be uncomfortable and do it over and over again. Number two, pain is okay. Pain is just a call to grow or to learn that got a little bit loud. Number three, everything is an opportunity to learn more about yourself. Number four, health is a lifelong journey. Mindfulness and being curious and cultivating a loving relationship with yourself, that's not about shame. And number five, do something you enjoy. When you go on a walk, stop and smell the flowers or a rose. In that five seconds, you're inviting pleasure into your life. Okay, make sure to tune in on Thursday so that you can hear three reasons why Junie is so badass. Talk to you then.
1: Now that you've listened to this episode of Ordinary to Badass, we want to hear from you. Go to our website, ordinarytobadass.com slash podcast and submit your own experience on how you took your life from ordinary to badass and get the chance to be on a future spotlight episode of the show. That's ordinarytobadass.com forward slash podcast. While you're waiting for the next episode of the show, wipe off the sweat, dust off the dirt, and get back in the arena.